Hello, folks. Welcome again to another edition of the Paranormal UK Radio Network's Inside the Goblin Universe. I am a very hoarse Ronald Murphy, one of your co-hosts. I'm Brian, Brian Bowden. Yes, there he is right there. <laughs> I am the non-horse co-host, but we're going to do the best tonight for everybody. You know what? It, it feels as if I brought something back from the Goblin Universe, and that's what's attacking me right now. But <laughs> I, I will tell you, the reason why I am endeavoring to push forward is because of the guest that we have on tonight. Uh, Mr. Derek Taylor, who uh, wrote a fantastic book. That is the only reason why I am doing this right now and straining my voice because it's a great piece of uh, literature. I read it from cover to cover today um, on a school bus, and um, I really want to jump in here. Derek, are you there with us today, my friend? Yes, sir, I am. Welcome to the Goblin Universe. Fan, and, and, Thank you. Thank you for having me on the and, show. And you're not... And you're not horse, Derek. I'm glad at least no. two voices are on today. I'm just getting over yeah. pneumonia. I've been sick all winter. So, <laughs> oh, so, man. My, my voice seems to be pretty much okay, so that's good. It's, it's, it's sounding excellent. So you're up in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Is that correct, Derek? Yeah, I'm in Seattle. Seattle it's area. Seattle. Yep. And, um, and, and you wrote a fascinating book about aliens, the alien agenda. Tell us a little bit about your book, my friend. Well, this book's... Uh, it's the result of two years of, of effort. It's the result of basically a lifetime of research. Uh, there's never been a time when I wasn't interested in the subject. It's not what I intended to do with my life, but it's, it seems to just be kind of a matter of destiny that I was thrust into this situation and position. Um, I, I ended up having a real quite spectacular sighting in 1984, as I'm sure you just got done reading about. And um, later on, I... I just just by a matter of being in the right place at the wrong time, I guess, I ended up making some, some very good inside connections. I've interviewed well over 3,000 abductees and contactees in my life. I, I quit counting at 2,000 in the late 90s, so I don't really know what the right number is, but it's a lot. And uh, I did a lot of research. I've, I've had personal experiences. I'm in, I'm in my lab. I'm an alien abductee. And it all just kind of added up to to a place where I'm in a position now to, to do some teaching as well as continue learning. That's, that's, that's just a, a little bit of touch of what I was reading today as well as Ron was reading today. And I have to tell you, it's fantastic that you, your book is just mind blowing. Um, because it, 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 it's, it's very well written for, for those that, that, that you know, are, are into the, you know, how it's, how it's to be written, but the substance behind it, the, the 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 believability behind it the truth behind it i mean it's gonna it literally i i had to stop for a moment every once in a while and just like kind of bring all this in here because when you start talking about basically it's the alien agenda um and and you start off with you know how you how you got into this this crazy field in the goblin universe it's just mind-blowing and and it can get you really really nervous about what the future holds um, it, uh, that's true, Brian. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Brian. I, I, I do want to tell you about the style of writing. Um, while this is a work of uh, of, uh, of of a factual nature, this is a uh, a research work. It reads very much like a horror novel to me. You know, this is oh very cinematic. It, 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 it 
it, there's some terrifying things that happen in here. And one of the one of the things that is most terrifying is that you alluded to there, Derek, that our very own government not only knows that this is going on, but it is allowing this to go on since the time of what Eisenhower is that right? Yeah, since at least Eisenhower, possibly since Truman, but but officially, they've they've uh, had a treaty in place since the Eisenhower administration. That's correct. Okay, and the then tell us, yeah, tell us a little bit why. What exactly does that treaty entail? Well, the the government found itself in a position where they basically they had the most powerful military machine ever built in the history of the human race after World War II, of course, but they found themselves completely unable to cope with these intruders. They couldn't catch them. You know, their their spacecraft were superior to ours in every way in terms of speed and mobility and, and altitude, and, and there was nothing we could really do to stop them. We, we discovered that they were abducting our people, but again, we, we couldn't stop them from doing anything basically that they wanted to do. And the government realized that if they turned out to be hostile, we'd have no defense against them that would be effective. And so they they made contact with with a group of aliens who warned them against doing this, warned them against this this gray reptilian consortium. But they wouldn't. Then they offered to help us, but they wouldn't offer us any military technology, which is what our government wanted the most. So they they. Um, turned them down, and they made contact with this other group, which did offer us military technology. They offered us a trade of technology as long as our, our part of the deal was that we had to agree to let them travel our airspace unmolested. We don't have control of our airspace, and we never have. Um, we agreed to let them abduct our people and to perform experiments on them, sometimes to eliminate them. And... Uh, we also agreed to construct at our expense bases for them to reside in and some bases which were joint human military bases human or human alien bases. They, the reptilians have been here already for a very long time. I, I don't think that we've ever been alone here on this world. And I'm, I'm quite sure that we ourselves are a result of genetic engineering ultimately. In the book you discuss uh, in detail uh, about uh, our DNA and how um, basically, we are the, uh, the the new kids on the block, as you said, um, and everybody kind of needs our, our DNA to exist. All these different alien races, um, uh, the Syrians, the the, the Greys, everybody's looking to get a, a chunk of the American uh, or, or the Earth-based DNA. So is this just about DNA and their survival, or is this, uh, and, or is this about us, you know, being pretty much... Um, food for the most part well it's it's about both uh they there's several known races of aliens which are happy to utilize us as a food item and uh apparently apparently do so with regularity i described one of them in the book and there's more to come in the, the follow-up novels which are coming not novels but they're 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 factual based books um they're they're as true as i can make them I, I, as far as i'm aware every word of this, this book is is nothing but the truth. I'm, I don't have the time or the patience to deal with with fiction or hoaxes because this topic is just too important. We are considered to be livestock by races such as reptilian or human harvestable resources, and all of the all of the races that I know of value our DNA because it's young, it's strong, it's diverse and vital, 
and theirs is starting to wear out after a certain, a certain amount of time. Their medical science shows that DNA has a timer that expires, and when it expires, it becomes much more difficult to reproduce. And eventually, um, you lose the ability to reproduce naturally, and you have to resort to cloning. And when, when you do that, cloning is an imperfect process which, in which you lose a little bit of information with each successive generation. They live a little bit shorter lives. They are a little bit less efficient at what they do. And eventually, even cloning becomes um, in, an impractical exercise, and a race will become extinct unless it finds a way to hybridize itself with another intelligent species. In that case, the, the genetic timer will reset itself. And right now, we are at the center of a battlefield, and the there are a number of alien races with an alien co-ops and groups, factions with different agendas, but they all value our DNA, and they're all basically fighting over who gets to um, control our world and who gets to use our DNA in order to extend the lifespan of their own race. This, this sounds a little, uh, you know, maybe I, I'm, I'm not thinking it properly, but if there is such a war going on between the such advanced races and, or entities, how come we're not seeing any real signs of it, or are we seeing signs of it outside if, as you look up? Um, I could just imagine if you were be able to go off the Earth and from space, maybe not even to the International Space Station, but someplace and look look around, you'd see 50,000 you know, different crafts there like fighting with each other for control of the, uh, the mind, basically. Well, I don't, I don't think that it's a matter of blasting our cities apart. They could clearly do that if they wanted to, but it's not necessary because... Um, basically, the reptilian faction is already is already in control. If you if you go back in history, there have been several incidents of of um, warfare in the sky, which have been witnessed by thousands and thousands of people, and and pictures have been drawn of it, you know, in, back in the past. But today, we don't really see that happening, because we've invited the the um, wrong side basically we've invited the hostile aliens to make their, themselves at home here and they've done so and they they basically control this place now you don't see you don't see a bunch of pleiadians around doing this a lot of good like people claim that they do right. it's 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 fiction it's it's something that the cia loves they, they love the new age movement and they write a lot of the new age books and attach you know new age type names to them and and people gobble them up and people because they know that people who who um, fall into the new age way of thinking where it's all about love and light and invisible strands of DNA and and we're about to make a global ascension to a new level they're never going to approach the secrets that they really want to keep right which are as I said to someone earlier today on another show they don't kill people to keep the news of a group of alien Santa Clauses that have come here to help humans from going public. There's no reason to kill people over that. They kill them because the news is terrifying, and the more you learn about aliens, the scarier it gets. That's why they're killing people. If, if you want to find the truth, follow the trail of dead ufologist bodies, and you'll find it. And there are a ton of them right now. I mean, they, there these, are. these guys seem to be uh, going... Uh... And, and none of them are... are People who think the Pleiadians are, are the big thing here in love and peace and light, those people aren't being bothered at all. Right. It, it, it seems there's a lot of I've noticed uh, we, and we've had several discussions outside of our show with people about, you know, why all these UFO investigators uh, wind up dead or missing. Um, and 
some of it, and you, there was something you mentioned in the book where one of your sources um, said he'd only ask once, but he's looking for somebody that he can show all this to. And, um, and, and he's going to look at ask once, so think about it before answering. And, and basically, it's like, you know, we wanted to bring people to bases and show them this is what's taking place here, this is what's taking place here, uh, if they were worthy enough for it. I mean, maybe there are some of these people that are worthy that are being brought he, into well, the he's, fray. He's, he was just speaking of me, actually. He wanted to, he wanted to show someone one of our underground. Right. Um, we've got a, we've got a, facility, a system of, of um, roadways, bases, cities, tunnels, um, magnetic levitation subways, which can go up to Mach 3 that I know wow. of, that runs across the entire country underground. It connects places like Los Alamos, Denver, airport, uh, Dulce Base, and many other places. They've got entire cities and military bases built underground. These places are guarded with 25-ton blast doors, just the same things that they use at, at NORAD headquarters in Cheyenne Mountain. And they've usually got two or three of those blast doors in a row in place. And they're, they're so solid that they can, they're said to be able to withstand anything but a direct nuclear hit. And they are, they're fully stocked, they're fully supplied, they can last for literally hundreds of years underground without ever having to come up for supplies. They're armed, they've got tanks, they've got machine guns, they've got huge stocks of weapons and ammo. They've even got uh, at least one um, underground river, which they can, right. they can sail from a lake in Arizona out past the California coast under, underwater, and, and wow. submarines can come out there. That, it, it, it's insane what our government is doing, and it's not for our own benefit. It's for us. No, and the, co the cost of just that underground system is over $12 trillion, and it's still being expanded. So if you look at our national, the size of our national debt, um, if, if you had the, these black projects that deal with aliens are far and away the most expensive projects ever undertaken by the human race. If you had that money put back in the general fund, we would have our debt paid off tomorrow, and we'd be heavily in the black. Yeah, but uh, knowing what they know, our government, and knowing how who controls what, they really don't care if we have debt or or anything to that effect. I mean, right now, they're they're they're. I don't know. I, so, I, I wouldn't say all of them are bad, but you you. Sorry about that. I, I'm just saying, is there a fraction they, uh, of them that are good? That is like, let's sure. we're, we're we're tied there, to this. There, there is, but but the the um, the black ops itself is divided. In, there are some in our government who are working with with friendly alien races that there, there are, of course are alien races that like us <clears throat> excuse me but they're not in control here and the military is basically at war against itself in many ways and they've declared war on us if they if that wasn't the case things such as chemtrails would not exist at all right that's that's yeah i mean is the chemtrails actually used by our government to uh, ward off some of these uh uh, reptilians or, or other species of alien that are, are coming? No, no. One, the chemtrails have several purposes, but one of the purposes is, uh, along with some other methods that they're using, it, this, this planet is being terraformed to the, spe the specifications of the reptilians. It's being, the temperature is being changed, it's becoming darker, the oxygen content of the atmosphere is being lo artificially lowered, um, the radiation content of the atmosphere is being raised, and the reptilians love that, and that's who they fully intend to be the new masters of this world. And in fact, they have already taken control of, of everything that matters. They they have the ability to control people, 
They can control their minds. They can occupy them just like a demonic possession. And you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between between a general who was under the control of a reptilian and a general who wasn't. You simply couldn't tell. And they they can they control the Illuminati. They control all the, the financial sectors of this world, the production sectors, the food, the military, and the politics, not just of the United States, but of almost all the nations. And so they're they're very much in control already. So let me ask you a question. I, I was started to ask, I don't know if you guys heard me because of my voice, but how does it work with the transfer of power? Whenever a new president comes in are they briefed how how, how does it work uh, as far as the executive branch is concerned um, is it something that starts whenever they're running for president is it something that happens whenever they enter office how does it work and how much does our current president know what's going on well Trump is an exception to the rule because most of the time these presidents are selected years in advance before the elections even even occur um, like Bill Clinton was selected to be the president back in the 1980s. Um, they're they're all under control. They're under the control of the vast umbrella of the Illuminati. It's it's required. If the, if you're not, you won't become the president. And this election was uh, was an anomaly because Hillary was was Hillary appears to be a liberal, but she's not. She's a neocon, as is her husband Bill. He, he's a member of the, the Bilderbergers and the Council of Foreign Relations, which are hardcore neocon groups which are dedicated to the destruction of America and the, and the, the bankruptcy of this country. Um, they didn't think that Trump could win, but, but somehow, even in a rigged election, he, he ended up winning. The president is briefed, but he's not briefed fully. The president has security clearance automatically of 17 levels above top secret. It's compartmented um, compartmented levels of information, code word access only. But there are at least 32 or 33 levels of information above top secret level which exist, which means that the president is not given access to any of those above the 17th level. Now, the president of the United States has the ability to destroy the world with one phone call. If you think about it, yep. he can launch he can launch World War III at any time of his choosing just by pushing a button or picking up a, a telephone. But he's not trusted to have the full range of information about the aliens. Right. So who has that information? Who has the information that goes the whole way to the top? Well, it's believed that there are less than twenty people who have full un un. Uh, redacted access to that information you're only told what you need to know and you're not told anything more if, if for instance you're an engineer that's hired to to reverse engineer some technology let's say that was found at a, a UFO crash site you're told about the technology you might have to work with it but you don't need to know where it came from who's responsible for it or anything and, and you're not told you're not told anything that you don't need to know and so as you go up the chain of command, you get to the when you get to the top, you're dealing with people such as um, the head of the CIA, probably the head of Lockheed Skunk Works is a likely candidate. Most of the the top um, the top level of clearance has been has been outsourced to to um, industrial sources rather than military or political sources. Many of them are beyond the reach of the government. And the government can't get control of it back. 
So, is, and is this within just our government, or is this a global type of thing where they have a, a Russian and a yeah. U.S. and a China? Good question, end? Brian. Yep. Because yeah, I mean, we're, we're I, I, in general, I think we're all assuming it's just a U.S. base. But seeing how large this is, and if if these creatures uh, control everything, I mean, it we're just we're just uh, uh, like a Girl Scout troop, you know, USA versus Girl Scout troop China. Um, how I mean, th there has to be some common thread, and is that common thread the Bilgebergs who meet every once in a while that that encompass uh, sure, a variety? The the Rothschild family, as as you probably know, are are the family which controls the Illuminati at the the ultimate penultimate level, the, the the peak of the pyramid, and they are in control of the central banks of this world. There are only three or four nations which don't have central banks right now. One of them is is Syria, one of them is North Korea, one of them is Iran. Uh, wouldn't you know it, they're the countries that we have a lot of trouble with. And I think Russia might be also, but I'm not sure. But but some of these other nations, um, such as Russia and China, are believed to have treaties in place of their own also. But they are... Um, they're second place to us because we got in there first and we got in there with the most strength and we are the most willing government on earth to assist these aliens. And that's it's like, just it's like what we we've been doing. Key. Yeah, it's like we gave them the key to the front door without it, you the, know. The treaty, the treaty that we signed, it, it was only, it was completely illegal, of course. It's, you know, Congress wasn't even consulted. But nevertheless, we're still bound by it and because of that treaty, the whole world was affected because now they're they've been officially welcomed to Earth and they're, you know, they're here with our blessing and they can go and do what they, whatever they want, which they probably could have done anyway. But once you give them the official approval, that apparently keeps uh, it acts to keep some of the friendlier races from interfering. Right, because they they have the support and the backing of of our current conventional weapons globally, which you know they're if they're not going to make their presence known officially. Let's use these people as puppets. They'll be our muscle, and we can just do what we want anyhow. Um, right, and, makes and it a lot easier. And we've traveled far beyond, far beyond what people think. Uh, we've got a base on the moon. We've got at least one base on Mars that we know of, and officially, we've never been to Mars at all, and we haven't been to moon the moon for forty years. But that's not the actual case. We've got advanced spacecraft which are, are very much superior to anything that NASA will ever show you. NASA, the purpose of NASA has never been to explore space and to inform us of what's going on in space and in the solar system. That's never been their purpose. Their purpose has always been to act as a, uh, a public relations uh, public relations scam to make it appear that we have a space exploration program to provide a convenient way to channel large amounts of funding through to other projects which are not NASA related right. and to keep us from knowing what's really happening up there. NASA, if you'll remember, NASA wasn't formed until 1959, which is 14 years after Roswell. So NASA has at the top levels. They've always been aware that there's an alien presence here. And many of the astronauts have reported such um, publicly. Scott Carpenter, Gordon Cooper, there's been a number of them that have done so. and. NASA's job is to keep us from knowing what's going on. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting that not that long ago they were pretty much defunded. Um, we got rid of the shuttles and, you know, we're, we're not really doing anything. We're going to have private corporations, they said, take care of this, like SpaceX that just launched the other day. Um, but it, yeah, And there's nobody that will be allowed into orbit unless they're 
fully vetted and in line with the official program because they're not going to take the risk of letting anyone put a craft into orbit if there's a danger that they will report back to the public what they see because the first thing they're going to see is huge fleets of alien spacecraft around our planet. So, you know, when you see someone like Elon Musk um, wanting to go into orbit with his craft, it's because he's been vetted and he's he's with the program. Otherwise, there's no way they would let that happen. Well, they can't it, afford to. It seems like, you know, with, with this type of, of we'll call it conspiracy and the way, way it works, you know, if, if you don't want to be with the program, you're with the program. The other, other alternative, apparently, is, is to be eliminated. Um, you'll have a nice accent at um, whatever it may be. You notice that SpaceX has already blown up twice. Yeah, I, and, and I, I've had my own personal beliefs of why it blew up twice. I think Elon Musk is trying to push it, and they're pretty much telling him, keep it up, keep it up, tough guy, and you'll see what's going to happen to you. Um, that's basically a, a nice message. Yep. Um, but it, it's it's just an inc- – <laughs> let me tell you something. Everybody that's listening tonight – you have to read the book, um, and you can get it. You know, uh, uh, we're going to give you a link, but I, you know, I started reading it uh, from Amazon. It, it's really incredible. Uh, Alien contact, and uh, I think it's the battle for Earth. Is that correct? The difficult truth. The difficult truth. Sorry about that. It probably is going to be a battle on Earth. We're going to get into that too, but um, it's just amazing how you went from watching this UFO land outside your your house, basically. Um, where you were and your parents not even paying attention to it. Um, yeah. And that was forty. That was a 45-minute uh, um, landing or a visual on this thing, right, for the most part? Yes, 42 minutes. It, it didn't land by my house, but it landed by a, a large hospital facility, which was, was in plain sight of, of where I lived. And, and, and what I found interesting, um, for those that haven't read it, um, you came in to try to get your parents to kind of come out and see it, and your dad's like, yeah, I've seen that in the military. They didn't pay attention to it. Now, part of me, after reading a little bit more and knowing more about the subject, do you think he was under control at that point? Um, no, I think he has he has very little natural curiosity. I think <laughs> no. that's I think that's the the limit of that because that's... he he truly wasn't interested. Yeah, that's a dad. That's a to- typical dad response for everybody that had a parent. You know, like yeah, yeah, that looks great, honey. Um, but it's it's just and also what I wanted to ask you in there because they they landed where they landed by that that hospital facility for I'm going to say mentally retarded or. Uh, uh, people do you think the aliens are actually using that as a an experimental lab to pick apart and pick you know people well, out that are going to be missing i don't know that they do that regularly but it, it's not just mentally retarded it's physically retarded too they had people yeah. there with with uh, water on the brain they had someone there who had who was born with no spine people who require constant medical care around the clock it, it started out as a tuberculosis hospital when it was originally built but in my lifetime it's always been dedicated to to severely retarded people and uh it's it's not a normal kind of hospital it's called the yakima valley school and i i didn't have a view of what was happening underneath the craft it was hovering maybe about three feet off the ground but a tree line that was planted lower on the hill prevented me from seeing what what came in or, or went into that came out of that craft or went into it but because of the length that it was sitting there and because it was it was making no attempt at, at uh, stealth at all. It was it was lit up like the Fourth of July. It was clearly <laughs> visible, and and it had two F-16s that came in and, and repeatedly buzzed it for the last 22 minutes that it was there. I can only assume that it was taking people out of that hospital. I'd love to see a an accurate roster of the 
the patients there the night before and the night after that happened because yeah, I bet I, there's quite a difference. I was thinking the same thing, but I also knowing that the DNA is involved and they're they're experimenting with it or harvesting it. I mean, maybe they're using these uh, as a, as a base or um, a study to see where the difference is, where they made their mistake. Because well, they could they could have been using them as food items too. Yeah, that that they take a lot of people for that. And there and there is a there is known to be a gray base um, near there. Under Mount Adams, which is is uh, on the Yakima Indian Reservation, probably 30, 40 miles from there, there's known to be an alien base there. It's it's actually mind blowing this whole this whole scenario. I mean, th these are things that, that I I know I, I've I've heard of and and we we've discussed um, with several people that I I know that that are into the subject matter and have done research. Um, I'm not sure you know how much uh, Ron has discussed it with with some of his other colleagues as well. But it's just, it's stuff that you just don't want to believe exists. And like you said, um, Ron yeah. says it too, it's stuff of nightmares. And it is the stuff of nightmares. Yes. And it's, it's uh, the more you learn, the scarier it gets. And the, and the more apparent it becomes that, that we do not have probably the power to, to do much to affect it, honestly. Because this planet is basically an ant farm that's under the control of aliens. And it always has been. Now, there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there as well, isn't there, Derek? So whenever somebody brings up a topic like this, you automatically dismiss it because there is so much misinformation out there and so much negative publicity on this. Well, there is obviously a lot of disinformation and a lot of misinformation. It's... Uh... It's the biggest psychological warfare campaign in history of humanity, and it's been ongoing since the at least since the 40s, probably since the late 30s when the Foo Fighters were first sighted in World War II. Um, I've heard that it goes back actually to the end of the at the end of the 19th century, that 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 we knew that they were here even before the year 1900 rolled around, but um, they've put. God knows how many billions of dollars into this um, deception and this the cover-up and the psychological warfare campaign. Anything that they can do to fool you, they will. And it's layer upon layer upon layer of deception and misinformation and disinformation, which makes it very difficult to ever get to the, the real truth. And they encourage anyone who's on the wrong track, they'll do anything they can to encourage them and to let that person spread the news as far as they can, because it just adds to the white noise and the confusion. Like, for, for instance... Um, I often hear people saying that Bigfoot is an alien and they've seen Bigfoot in a in company of aliens in flying saucers. Don't believe a word of that. Bigfoot's not an alien. Um, Bigfoot has nothing to do with technology, and anyone who says otherwise has no idea what they're talking about. They're either spreading disinformation or they are completely mistaken. Yeah, that's, that's the latest rumor that uh, Bigfoot and the, the new thing, Dogman, Basically, the werewolves are like the pets of aliens. Um, no, I, I get a chuckle out of that. It's whole just white thing. noise. Yeah, no, I, there's a lot of deception going on, and, and and yeah, you're right with the layers upon layers. Even if you have the truth and it's sitting right in front of you, you can't. You, you're never going to believe it. Um, right, and the flat Earth movement, by the way, is oh. also a big psychological warfare campaign. It's just something to get people to waste their time and energy on, to to believe something that's really it's clearly not true. Uh, it can't be true, and they've gotten millions of people on board with this, but it's just something to keep them occupied. As, as long as someone's occupied with 
talking about the flat earth or Bigfoot being an alien, they're never going to threaten the real secrets, which are terrifying and, and very grim. And and uh, of of this disinformation, dis um, I'm not saying he is, but one of uh, my favorite people to, to read and talk to is David Please uh, for the four, uh, Missing 411. And he has uh, all this information about people just go missing. Um, I don't know if you know anything about him, but it's basically throughout the country. Um, they, they just go missing. They just disappear. They go to national parks. They're with a family. The next thing you know, dad's gone or some child's gone and right. they can't find him. How, uh, how much of this do you think is um, abduction, That's true. abduction for experiment versus food or just abduction by these entities versus the military, which seems to be the point people in in the abduction at this point well they they could either one or both be abducting the military does most of the abductions nowadays as i understand it are performed by the military and the military has access to their own grays as as is described in my book the grays are uh, a product of genetic engineering they're they're like they're like ants they don't have emotions like we do at all. They're, they're a type of almost a cyborg organism. And they're used, most of them are used as slaves by the, the reptilians who created them, considered them to be a failure in artificial life experimentation and consigned them to slaves. They use them to do the dirty work so they don't have to do it themselves. That's why the greys are always um, implicated in the, the abduction scenarios. But our military abducts many many people themselves and and they don't return them all home if you remember the um, the livestock mutilations of the 70s and 80s which were widespread across this country and probably in other countries as well that those occurred because the greys utilize bovine blood or human blood as their primary nutritional source they don't have a digestive tract like we do so they have to smear a liquid slurry onto their bodies and absorb it through their pores and they were doing this not just with livestock. There were humans that were found mutilated the same way. They were drained of blood. Their eyes and organs were cored out with lasers. And from the condition of the bodies, it was clear that this was, this was done while they were alive and awake. Oh. And, yeah. Yeah, and, no, I remember here, I, re I read that, and I was just like, wow. That's just, it's not enough you're being abducted, but to be to have that happen to you and you're alive when it's happening is just, it's mind-blowing. Yes, and they, they don't care. The military doesn't care, and the greys don't care. And um, Lawrence Livermore Labs found a way to synthesize human blood on a, a large scale, and when they did, those livestock mutilations stopped occurring. And that blood that they produce at Lawrence Livermore is channeled to the greys, which channels them, use what they need. And, and some of these people that are abducted are channeled directly to the reptilians who are they eat people in a far more horrifying manner than the greys do yeah I, i've noticed that recently that there have been a couple of reports about the same type of livestock mutilations taking place is this like i guess new people or new greys are being introduced into into the our world right now that just you know they ship them in or is this just like hey I, i'm i'm hungry i want a delicacy i don't want to eat their you know it's possible the greys are cloned underground here by by the thousand, as I understand it. They are they're artificial beings. They, they they can't reproduce naturally. They can only be produced by cloning tanks. And the military has their own supply of greys because I've been abducted on several occasions by the military, which included greys in the the 
crew, but they were they were under the control of the military. So the military apparently has access to their own supply of greys as well. It becomes very difficult to tell who you are dealing with and who you are really being abducted by. The military loves to make to make you think that you're being abducted by aliens when it's really the military, and they'll put screen memories into your consciousness that make it you think that you were abducted by aliens so that no one will listen to you if you tell the story and the military will never get caught or held responsible for it yeah and and, and one of the things i want to let the audience get a, a quick impression on um as of april 30th they actually released this all over about uh, lamb fetuses now being grown in artificial wombs and i read that i saw it and i said this if this doesn't scare the crap out of you, nothing's going to, because there's no good that's going to come from this. Well, this my, is all opinion. this is all old, outdated technology. Oh, I, I know that. Uh, but I'm talking about for for you know, like for us currently, you know, it seems like it's new. We, we we can we can generally go back there. Those of us have researched it that this is not new whatsoever. This is like a like, you know, so old it's beyond belief. But the fact that they're able to do this. Just it has harvesting in the back of my head and what they're harvesting. Absolutely, and that's if you notice after scary. they after they cloned Lucy, that was it Lucy the sheep. Yep. Um, you never heard oh. another word about cloning <laughs> after that. And that's right, good old dog with the sheep over there in Scotland, right? Right, <laughs> right. The reason you never heard anything more about it is because the next step beyond that is cloning humans, and that's a that's a subject that the military doesn't want anybody to approach or open because they've been of course, cloning humans for far longer than that. As as my contact said to me, any of this, these powerful technologies such as cloning um, that get out to the public, they're only released after the military is so far ahead that nobody can catch them. They're, they're generations behind what the military has. They've been cloning humans for decades, and they continue to do so underground and off-planet. That's it's just mind blowing. Um, is is there any one of us um, on this planet, or is, is have we developed enough where um, you know we can kind of compete with these these entities, and maybe uh, an underground force um, can kind of like combat them? I'm I'm getting this. When I was reading your book, I get the old V uh, program. Um, v was great, wasn't v, it? It basically this is basically V, but in in real life. Um, and one yes. of the things that I found was a great quote from your book is when the, um, the, your source uh, in the, in the military went someplace, I forgot where he was, but there was a, um, a couple of these Syrians, which are pretty, um, <laughs> pretty reptilians. <laughs> reptilians. And, um, he said, um, we're low class chimps surrounded by, um, advanced, uh, intellects. And yeah. that's how he felt. And when you yeah. have someone who's been an experienced warrior, who has the inside track on a lot of what's you know black around here, that's pretty scary because it seems that that was a way of saying you know I'm I'm nervous about this. Yeah, he said that the reptilians have an average IQ of around 200. Their their educational process lasts for around 40 years, whereas ours lasts for 18 years to 20 to 22 years. But by the time that their education is done, they've basically achieved what we would call doctorates in all sciences and all subjects wow. they're they're educated in everything and that's all of them not just the specialists so with an average iq of 200 well 200 is when you hear of a kid that's graduated harvard medical school at the age of five that's an iq of 200 you're talking about right it's so it's so high that the 
the actual IQ scale is not able to measure it because you've got people with an IQ of 140 developing a test to measure the IQ of someone with 200. It, they, it can't accommodate. Right. So you're dealing with you're dealing not only with with extreme intelligences, but you're dealing with non-human ways of thinking. And some of the technologies which they've developed, they they're not only things that we can't accomplish, they're things that we wouldn't even think of attempting. Um, I've seen a film once of, of a, an alien base on the moon. It was like a city, right? And this city, the buildings that, that made up this city, all of a sudden they, they sprouted legs and they started walking across the surface of the moon in unison like, a, like an army. All the all the um, buildings in this city, they marched across the surface of the moon to the, to a new location they wanted to be. The bases, the the legs were retracted into the buildings, and the base had been relocated just like that. Whereas something like that wouldn't even occur to us. We would tear down the base and build a new one at a new location. But that's not how they think. It it, it it's incredible because that's something like uh, growing up as a kid, it would be like a Bucks or Rogers type of thing. Um, yeah, like, it's beyond science fiction. Yeah. And I'm reminded of something I, I, I heard from one of the, um, I forgot the uh, grandson, a great grandson of, of uh, one of the jets, jet companies. He said, you don't know what you don't know. You know, right. and as far as this you is You can't concerned. imagine. And you can't, you know, most people can't wrap their, their head around this or the concept of it. We, we, we have an event horizon as human beings. And even the, the, the strongest intellects have an event horizon. And there's things that are, that, that horizon continues to go, but we can't get past it. The saying is that they're not only stranger than you imagine, they're stranger than you can imagine. Because you don't have any way of, of even guessing accurately what the technologies are that might be available to a race of of beings with an average IQ, of, the janitors have an average IQ of 200, right? The 7-Eleven right. janitors, so to speak. Right. You can't imagine what technologies might be available to them when they've had space travel since we were living in trees. Right, and and on top of that, what, one of the, the huge components to these, these aliens is the, the fact of them being able to not be emotional about anything. Um, it seems to me that us as human beings are always emotion. There's emotion involved in everything. There's love, there's hate, there's this. It seems every research piece of research I've ever, you know, read, I've gotten out of it that there's no emotions involved in any of that. No, the thing of it is, if you, if you think of emotions such as love and mercy and, and forgiveness, um, compassion, those are emotions which can get you killed. Yes. Every one of those can, can get you potentially killed, but none of them will ever save your life. And yeah. so those are not considered to be primary survival characteristics. They have no place there. And they don't have any concept of, I mean, I mean, for instance, reptilians. We're dealing with rep, reptiles. We're dealing with super intelligent reptiles. Lizards don't have the, the sense of love. They don't, have, they don't have friends. You know, they... they, they compete for dominance, they compete for territory, they compete for power, and they compete for, for in this case, um, booty, wealth. Right. But they, they, they don't have any concept of, of, they're not your friends. You know, an iguana is not, it doesn't feel friendship or love towards you. You're just another person. If, if, if it can use you for a food item, it will. No, I, I totally hear where you are, and, and I get it, and I understand it. Um, you see this a lot of times with um, people that work in the sciences where, they work in labs and they work on animals that are there. Um, they can separate it from, you know, it's a job. That's it. 
you know, it, that is my subject. It, yeah, great. It's a rabbit. It's a puppy. Um, whereas I personally don't feel that way. I feel that, that you know, there. I, I guess my emotions will get the best of me. But um, I understand the, both sides of the coin there. But what it's really interesting is we have this advanced civilization that is not civilized. As we well, they're told. they're not, they're 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 civilized, but they're very different from us. They're they're very um, their nature is very different from us. And there are many extraterrestrial races which you can't tell the difference between them and us from looking at them. If you ever look at my friends list on Facebook, for instance, right. there's an ET on my friends list, and you won't be able to tell the difference between that ET and another human. I'm not kidding. No, no, I'm talking. And I'm talking about a full-blood ET is on my friends list, and you won't be able to tell the difference from looking at them. You cannot tell the difference. Uh, this is not a hostile alien, thank goodness. But um, they don't have, in general, and, and I don't. I, of course, I can't speak of all ETs, right. but but the, the ones that we're the most concerned about do not have. They simply don't possess these types of emotions. It's not part of their their natural makeup and so it doesn't even enter into their their calculations what they see as something good it could be very bad for us you know they they it's all they're sending the hybrids huh? they're, they're sending the hybrids out to live and breed among us and to basically change the genetic character of the entire human race over time all you need is a sufficient number of hybrids and enough patience and you'll change the genetics of the entire human race as we interbreed with them over time without knowing any better that's how you take over a planet without ever firing a shot. Right. It's the easiest way to take over a planet. I mean, it does, you know, it takes a long time, but for, for them, it's it's a millisecond. For us, it's a lifetimes um, and centuries. But it, it's, it's, it's very interesting because I, I'm also tending to, to, to go with that, that feeling in a way that there are some races, as you mentioned, which are, I'm going I'm to use the term sympathetic towards the 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 earthlings that are here um they but you like can't to see assume that they have our emotions no 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 i'm not saying that they have our emotions but i'm, I'm assuming that the, they want to see us advance it's kind of like you know when, when you want your child to you know go, you know take that leap of faith and just try it just try it and then they discover something and it's it's there's something about learning something and advancing yourself that is is very pleasing even in a clinical standpoint um, it's a progress. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. But <laughs> those those races are not in control here. You know, I, I mean, mean, if they were, we would know it. And and they're they're clearly not. And they're they're um, there's also the the aspect that they need us for the same reasons that other races need us too. They also need our DNA. They also need to make hybrids, and they are making hybrids. And so, what might be seen as being useful and positive on our part by them in the long term it doesn't necessarily equate to something that's good for us right here right now because our survival is not necessary you know right. the, the survival of you and i is not necessary to their plans and, what, and and speaking of plans we kind of alluded to it in the beginning and i and i, I mentioned the hidden alien agenda um is is if if this is what it's going on right now, which is pretty scary for everybody out there, you know the abductions and and harvesting and eating of of humans as if they were cattle. I mean, what well, what they're doing to us is basically what we do to cattle and and other animals. What what's yes. next? I mean, how much scarier can it get? Uh, is there going to be like a galactic war where some of the other groups are saying, "Hey, they're getting too crazy over there. We got to get rid of these Raelians or or you know we have to get rid of this group and and 
you know, they're, they're taking our food. Uh, because well, the, we've become a prize, right? The invasion has already taken place. There's not going to be an alien invasion. It's already happened. There's not going to be an alien global takeover. It's it's already been taken over. And um, the Illuminati, as I'm sure if you're familiar with the Illuminati, you realize that they are they are ultimately controlled and and um, influenced by reptilians. Ah. And and I'm sure if you've ever studied the events of 9/11, you're aware that that was an inside job, correct? Yes. 9/11 was an Illuminati hit. It was not a it was not planned by the U.S. government per se, because there's no one in the United States government, including the president, who has the juice to pull off something like that. It requires treason on the part of too many people. It was an Illuminati hit on America, and it was uh, done for the, the purpose of of uh, launching those two wars that we launched, both of which had a, a right. hidden a hidden agenda and hidden reason. Um, Iraq, the Iraq war was, it had nothing to do with Saddam, it had nothing to do with Al-Qaeda, it had to do with Iraq had gotten off the petrodollar, which is worth trillions of dollars to these international banks. And as soon as we took over Iraq, they went right back on the petrodollar and everybody else got the message, get off the petrodollar, we're coming in, we're taking you out. And mm -hmm. Afghanistan was, was basically done because the Taliban had, had forbidden the growth of, of opium poppies. Afghanistan produces 90% of the world's supply of opium, which is controlled by the intelligence agencies, as yep. you know, heroin supply of the world. And and that was dried up because the, the Taliban had forbidden it. As soon as we knocked them out, they produce more than ever now. Well, you know, some people get the message, some people don't. But you know, um, I was also under, you're, you're doing something with a, another project as well that kind of kind of coincides. It's called something called the Leak Project. Uh, I I did a, a show with League Project this morning. I I support what the League Project is doing. The the um, topics that they investigate are it seems to me are all very well selected and it's a very high quality of investigation that they're doing and, and I think they're great. And, and but is it also a great vehicle for dissemination of what's going on there to try to get this truth out there? I mean, you have this book right now, and I know that you have a, a few more coming out. Which are just going to get scarier, everybody. I mean, you got to read this. You go, please buy this book and read it. It's a great read. You'll be done with it in uh, a, a few hours, and you probably won't sleep all night long. Um, and it's worth every moment of that. But is 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 it about getting this this information out so the public is aware? And and when once we become aware, what can we do to stop it or prevent it? Or is if if we can do anything? Well, it's a difficult question. Um, <laughs> the the uh, I'm planning on on four follow-up volumes to this. I simply couldn't fit all the information in one book that I want to discuss because this is a very wide-ranging, it's it's vast and epic in its scope of uh, the conspiracy that we're dealing with. It covers all fields of human knowledge. Um, everything is going to have to be completely rebuilt and revamped if the truth were really known. Um, anthropology, history, physics astronomy, all these things are going to have to be completely rebuilt from the ground up because they're built on false precepts. And getting the information out to the people is, of course, one of the primary things that we have to do because regardless of, of our ability or inability to individually act to change things, as a group, we can do it. 
but we we have to be acting together as a group in in harmony and in unison instead of allowing them to splinter us apart into all these competing so, uh, special interest groups. You know, we've got yeah. the gays and the straights, the atheists and the Christians, the the city people and the country people. We've we've an infinite number of of divisions that they've artificially introduced into this society, which keep us bickering at each other's throats instead of concentrating on who's really causing the problems. Yeah, it's the great so, deception, huh? You know, it's it, it is. It's an incredible deception, and everything that we've been taught is is basically a lie, and. Until we can get people to understand what is really taking place, and it's it's a tremendously difficult enterprise to even uh, think about doing because because we are so entrapped within this this psychological web that they've woven for us. We watch our televisions, our televisions program. They're, they're called programs for a reason. Yeah. Because because they program us, and as long as you are being hypnotized by your television, you can't break free. There's if most most people that listen to this show, try try going without watching television for a month. I bet most of you can't even do it for a week, because that's how ingrained this this has become. Um, we almost can't go without our daily dose of hypnosis, and that's one of the things that's holding us back. So, trying to trying to educate people about this is very difficult. It's it's really um, it's working against the current because there's. There's so few people that are ever going to actually read my book, much less pay attention to it. But I have to try because these are my human brothers and sisters, and I don't know what else to do except speak the truth in the strongest terms that I can, and try to try to make them aware of what's happening. Whether I succeed or not, no one is going to say that I stood by and did nothing right. without trying. No, I, I I've noticed that. And and before we go, because we're kind of running late on time, is there a way where they can uh, more of our listeners can go out there besides coming to Inside the Goblin Universe group on Facebook and our website, which will be up shortly? We're building it. Um, is there a way that they can connect with you and the information and things that are going on in your in your life and and get some more information from you? Sure, I've got a I've got an author page on Facebook that's. Uh, the same the same name as the book, which is Alien Contact: The Difficult Truth. I've also got a personal page on Facebook. If you go to Facebook slash Derek Tyler six six five, that's my personal page. Friend up with me if you want to. Um, if you're if you're an obvious governmental agent with with a an account that's two days old and three friends, I'm not going to accept your friendship. <laughs> they try that on me all the time. Yes. You know, so if you, if you have an account that's two days old, you have two friends, they're both strippers, and you're a stripper too. No, I'm sorry. You know, good luck. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. So, yeah. um, yes, I'm there, and, and and my page is, if I don't mind saying, it's got a lot of interesting stuff that comes through it. No, not at all. And we're going to actually put your page information and a link on our page to get everybody over to you just to, to connect with you. I mean, I think what we try to do here inside the Goblin Universe is um, – let everybody out there in, in the radio land on uh, Paranormal UK Radio and everybody else that carries us to, you know, have access to the real information. Um, there's no hype. It's real. We try to keep it real. We're real people. And we want you to know. We want you to be informed. Um, one of the greatest things in the world, we, we, we interviewed more, uh, Chris Evers, and, and one of the taglines is, be informed. And... People are not informed right now. They're so preoccupied with their, their Palm Pilot. Well, Palm Pilot. Show my age, Brian. Um, for, <laughs> you know, like their, their smartphones, which is, it, it's just, um, you see people walk into fountains, which I love to watch, because uh, they're just paying attention on their, their smartphone. People have to look up now, and they have to pay yeah, attention. Have to. 
You can sometimes find my articles on his magazine, Outer Limits Magazine Online, by the way. Yeah, and go visit. It's a great magazine as well. It is. But it, it's been fa- Thank you so much for coming by, and uh, thank you very much, Paul Sinclair, for introducing us to you. <laughs> um, and we Thanks appreciate for having that. me. I appreciate it very much. It's a, you have a great show, and I, I like it a lot. And we appreciate you having uh, come on. And, and again, you know, you can go over to Amazon, and uh, we can also get a link directly linked so they can go and buy the book. But it's Alien Contact and Difficult Truth, Volume 1. Um, it's great. It's very inexpensive. It is, it it's, is. it's worth everything penny you're going to spend on it we're not just saying we don't get anything from it what we get is there's real truth and information in here and you have to know this if you're into this subject matter if you're into this you need to know this information it, it's it's, it's it'll life-changing. be it'll be a lot of new information no matter who you are no matter how long you've studied this it'll make your jaw drop and your head spin as i like to say oh yes I, like i said when i <laughs> i finished i had to like stop for a minute because i thought my brain was going to melt by the way, a good a good thing about this book is don't try to read it too fast. Don't try to read it in one day because it's very information dense, and you'll eventually get information overload, and you'll just stop processing. <laughs> so so spread it out. I I would read a chapter or two a day, and it, it'll work out a lot better. I think that way. I think that's a good idea. And I'll tell you what, Derek, I would love to have you back whenever I can actually talk. But Brian, you did a fantastic <laughs> job. I appreciate it. And Derek, you know, next time, next book comes out, I want you to step back inside the Goblin Universe with us, my friend. I'd be glad to. Thank you very much. Yes, you always have a home Thank here, you. as long as we're not abducted. But you always have a home here. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. Well, yeah, we got to stick I, together. Yes. We have to, that's right. We all have to stick together uh, so we don't become like... Uh, uh, Mr. Ever said he called us sheeple. You know the people exactly. that just kind of follow the pack. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... You can't. You can't do that. You, you've got to be able to break your mind out of the box of the constraints that are imposed on us by our our consideration of our current scientific knowledge. That has nothing to do with alien technology. You have to be able to break free of that, or you can't understand what's happening. And, and the concept that everybody has to get through their head is: I know that a lot of you are going to read this, and I know this is some information. It's scary. It's going to come your way, but you have to, you have to, um, pardon the expression, man up and go through this. It's very important. Yes, there's you'll feel are, the truth in your bones when yes, you read this. You, you just know it's true. You don't want to believe it's true, mind you. I, you know, you don't, but it is, and it's out there, and it's happening right now everywhere you go. So you need to be informed to stay alive for the most part. Yep, and and I didn't, I didn't sugarcoat this for anybody i'm telling you how it is and you'll feel it in your bones and you'll know that i don't like spreading information like this but you'll know it's true when you read it but it it, thank you again so much for coming on inside the goblin universe and paranormal uk radio network it was fantastic i appreciate it and we look forward to hear you know hearing back from you for the second book and the third and the fourth thanks for having me i appreciate being on you got it Right. Hey, have good a good night, Derek. Yep. Uh, thanks a lot for signing off for me, Brian. And uh, until next time, next week I will be better. I promise you. Yes. We're going to get him a ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good night, and we'll uh, speak with you shortly. But once okay. again, you've been listening to Inside the Goblin Universe with Ron Murphy and myself, Brian Bowden. Our guest, Derek Tyler, who is the author of a great book. The Difficult Truth, Volume 1, pick it up at Amazon.com and just check out our website. It'll be up coming in the next couple of weeks, but we're always on Facebook, the group chat, Inside the Goblin Universe group, and bring the discussion with us. We're, we're Everybody that goes there, we're willing to continue this conversation and discussion. So, for 
on behalf of Ron, who's going to rest his voice right now, I'm going to say goodnight all, and we'll see you next week on Inside the Goblin Universe. <laughs>